0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Arntzen. This is your news for Wednesday, April 26th. The Moab City Council held a lengthy discussion about the future of Moab's water at last night's city council meeting. Jeff Grittens is a water rights lawyer who advises government entities about their water rights. At the meeting, he gave an overview about how much water Moab is legally entitled to and compared that number to the amount of water promised to other rights holders in the area.
1: The city's current water use, it varies as you might imagine, but it's in the 2,200 to 2,300 acre feet per year range. So that means the city's using, you know, between 25 and 30% of its maximum.
0: Water rights are managed by the state and operate on a first-come, first-served basis. Most of the city's water rights were acquired between the 1920s and 1960s before a lot of the area's other claims were made. Mark Stilson from the Utah Division of Water Rights presented information from a recent groundwater study conducted in 2019. The study showed that based on the current supply and demand on Moab's aquifer, the amount of water left over in the aquifer is significantly less than what the city expects it will need in the future.
1: What's not currently used was between 1,300 and 3,500 acre feet.
0: The city anticipates that this area will need about 8,000 acre feet of water per year by 2030.
1: This suggests that we may need more water from another source.
0: City engineer Chuck Williams gave an overview of the city's water management plan for the next 100 years. Right now, all of the city's water comes from the aquifer, but in the future, he says the city might have to consider using water from the Colorado River.
1: Uh, treatment of water from the Colorado River. That's a consideration that we're the only city in the state of Utah where the Colorado River is contained within our city.
0: More information about the city's water management plan can be found in today's show notes. People in Wyoming were met with a surprise this week, a rare display of the Northern Lights. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio and KHOL, Hannah Mersbach reports that the state could be in for more colorful nighttime shows in the years to come.
2: Red, green, yellow, and purple colors flashed across the sky above the Teton Sunday night. According to Wyoming stargazing Samuel Singer, it was the best local showing of Northern Lights in at least 15 years. And he says these sightings are pretty sporadic.
1: There's no real pattern except the prevalence of northern light is related to the amount of solar activity happening on the sun.
2: And Singer says that activity is ramping up because of the solar cycle, meaning the sun is ejecting more particles into the Earth's atmosphere, which causes the light show. The displays are hard to predict, but Singer says one thing is pretty certain. Over the next few
1: years, we can expect to have more and more displays of the Northern Lights.
2: He says the best place to view the lights is in dark places, such as Grand Teton National Park.
0: That was Hannah Merzback for KHOL. Utah was one of the few states that saw its population of children increase from 2010 to 2020. But one expert says that's still an alarming statistic. Alex Gonzalez from the Utah News Connection spoke with Martin Munoz, Kids Count Director of Voices for Utah Children.
1: A new report shows the population of children recorded in 2020 was 1.1 million fewer than in 2010. According to the Annie E. Casey Foundation, that's the first absolute drop in the number of kids decade to decade since the Great Depression. However, Utah is among the five states that saw the largest increase in the number of children in that time frame. Martin Munoz with Voices for Utah Children says those younger than 18 make up about one third of the state's population, but says they're noticing declines as well. Munoz says the birth rate has declined for a number of reasons and adds this trend will have implications in the future. We are facing, you know, down the road, a very smaller workforce, labor force, to provide for as generations get older and providing that tax based support. Munoz says it's important to note the report is using data from the 2020 census, which he says presented challenges because of the COVID-19 pandemic. He says the pandemic threw a huge wrench into the count. The report states children younger than four had a higher net undercount and preliminary analysis suggests black and Hispanic children were missed at a higher rate than white children. Muñoz says it'll be interesting to see where things are for the state of Utah and the country in 2030 during the next census count. Muñoz says despite the national decrease in the child population, more should be done to ensure children and families have access to programs that will help them succeed. He says for Utahns thinking about having kids or for those who already have them, the rising cost of child care is a real concern. It's going to be Gary over the next year, seeing how we try to figure out to provide child care in our nation. How are we going to work to make sure families are able to continue working, but then also making sure that their children have a safe place to be taken care of? The report also highlighted that racial diversity among children is increasing, to which Munoz says he hopes schools and institutions are able to become more culturally sensitive.
0: That was Alex Gonzalez for the Utah News Connection. The Southern Ute Tribe reached a settlement with two companies that operate a natural gas plant in Ignacio, Colorado, after filing a lawsuit because of health concerns. Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. Harvest Four Corners and Williams, Inc. operate gas pipelines nationwide. In 2019, the Southern Ute Tribe sued both companies related to their operation of a natural gas processing plant in Ignacio near the Durango Airport. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, the companies were violating numerous clean air regulations. The plant was emitting volatile organic compounds, which are potentially cancer-causing gases. The plant was also illegally flaring gas. The Southern New Indian tribe settled with the companies last week for over $300,000. The settlement is part of a larger $9 million settlement with three companies that the EPA announced on Thursday. That was Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, April 26th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.